if you were to go to facebook.com forward slash crisis response, you would find the list of disasters that are happening all around the world right now. And if you find yourself caught up in one of those disasters, you would have the ability to go in and mark yourself as safe. And once you did that, it would show up on your Facebook page and all your friends would know that despite what is happening around you, you're okay. Or if you were concerned about someone who's just been hit by a natural disaster, you could go to the same page and find a list of people who have been marked as safe and a list of people in that area who have not been marked safe yet. Now, the reason I'm telling you about Facebook's crisis response feature is not because it's helpful to know, but because the big question that Revelation 7 is going to answer is who is marked safe? Who is marked safe from the great day of God's judgment? This great disaster that is going to come upon the earth. Now, I looked on Facebook and the great day of the Lord isn't on there. We can't mark ourselves safe. And even if we could do it on Facebook, there's no way anyone could claim to be able to make it through that day unscathed. There's no way we could be confident that on our own we could withstand the day of God's wrath. And that was the big cliffhanger we were left with last week at the end of chapter 6. Chapter 6, verse 17, who can withstand the great day of God's wrath? And here's what's been leading up to that cliffhanger. Since chapter 4, everything that John is seeing is taking place before the throne in heaven. And in chapter 5, John sees a scroll with seven seals on it. But only the Lamb, Jesus Christ, is worthy to open them. And last week in chapter 6, the Lamb opened six of these seven seals. And as they're opened, we're given a picture of God's judgment on the earth. In the first four seals, we saw four riders going throughout the earth. These four riders are symbolic of the fact that God has given up a rebellious world onto themselves. And so throughout human history, the world has been in the grip of what they each represent. Conquest, war, famine and death. But these four riders are not outside of God's control and in his mercy God has been restraining things from being as bad as they could be. When the fifth seal is opened we see Christians who were killed for their faithfulness to Christ calling out for God to judge the earth and to vindicate them. And again we see God's mercy as they are told to wait and rest a little longer. God wants as many people as possible to be saved before he brings the curtain down on history. And finally, when the sixth seal is opened, it describes the terrifying events that will take place when Christ returns to judge the earth. We see the people of the earth, from the greatest to the least, trying to hide themselves from the face of God and the wrath of the Lamb, for the day of God's judgment has come. And that event is described in such cataclysmic terms that it leaves us asking, how can anyone survive this disaster? that is coming. Who can be secure on that day? Well, thankfully we don't have to wait too long for this cliffhanger to be resolved. All we have to do is click next episode because in the very next chapter we get an answer to that question. We are going to see exactly who will be marked safe from this judgment that is to come and how they can be. And spoiler alert, we also get to see a wonderful picture of what lies ahead for all those who are marked safe we get a glimpse of the grand finale that the book of Revelation is taking us to. And so chapter 7 is really all about assurance. It's assuring uh, for us today as it would have been for the believers in the seven churches who were the first to receive this book. Enduring persecution and hardship for their faith, 
in Asia Minor, they need to know that it's worth it. They need to know that they will be saved and spend eternity in God's presence. So as we go through this text, I want to highlight two great assurances that we can observe. And the first assurance is that God's servants are saved by the blood of the Lamb. God's servants are saved by the blood of the Lamb. At the start of this chapter, John is allowed to see a different perspective on the events contained in this sixth seal. This next episode starts a little bit further back than the last one ended. Before these events are allowed to take place, an angel comes along and says, hold on, stop the presses. Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Now, before you panic that you don't have a mark on your forehead, don't worry. This is just symbolic language. It's translating what we can read in 2 Timothy 2.19 that says the Lord knows those who are his into a picture. This seal just means that God's people are marked safe from judgment. So what we can see happening here is that before this great day of judgment happens, God must first make his people safe. God hasn't just resigned the whole earth to judgment. Throughout human history, he has been saving his people. According to his gracious purposes, he makes his people secure by rescuing and saving them from judgment. And then in verse four, John hears the number of those who are sealed, 144,000. 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel. Now, this is not a statistic, it's a symbol. We aren't to take this number literally. It's symbolic of the whole people of God. And verse nine tells us exactly what this number represents. What John actually sees is a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. And this great multitude who'd been marked safe from God's judgment are standing before the throne and before the lamb, wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. They are praising God for his salvation, joining in with the elders and the angels around the throne, worshiping God. So there's the who part of our question answered. There's actually a great multitude of people who will withstand God's judgment. But how did they get here? Why were these people sealed and marked safe from God's judgment? Well, that was the question that John was supposed to be asking. But he's so gobsmacked by what he is seeing um, to think and ask it. So in verse 13, an elder has to ask him, these are white robes, who are they and where did they come from? How did all these people get here? And in verse 14, John doesn't know. So he says, you know, and John's not wrong. He does know. And the elder says, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. So how did these people get here? Well, we've just seen that they have been sealed by God. Again, unlike the crisis response feature on Facebook, uh, no one would ever be able to mark themselves safe uh, from this judgment. God is the one who has to do it. Their salvation is entirely his doing. That's why they've been crying out, salvation belongs to our God in verse 10. But just saying they've been sealed isn't enough. There's a reason why they've been sealed and that's because they have had their robes washed white in the blood of the lamb. The people who are sealed are also those who have trusted in Jesus' atoning death on the cross. When he died to wash away our sins, when he took our place, taking the wrath of God that we deserved upon himself, 
when he satisfied the father's justice so that we could be forgiven, when he was separated from his father so that we could be reconciled to him, this great multitude have thrown themselves on all that which Jesus did on the cross. This picture of red blood washing robes white is symbolic, but what it represents is very real. And it's a powerful picture, isn't it? The only way we can be washed is by the blood of Christ. The only way we can be made clean from the stain of our sin and our rebellion against God is if we trust in his sacrificial death on the cross. So brothers and sisters, be assured, if you've washed your robes white in the blood of the Lamb, if you've put your trust in what Jesus did on the cross, then you are sealed and that seal can never be broken. Don't miss the contrast here with chapter 6. The Lamb has been opening the seals on the scroll. He's the only one who is worthy to open them. But now in chapter 7, God's seal is not being opened but put on believers. This is the seal of the living God. If you are sealed, you are sealed. As it says in Ephesians 1.13, if you're a Christian, you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. There's absolutely nothing in this universe that can change that. No one else has the authority to touch the seal that he has placed on you. So if you put your trust in Christ, you can have full assurance that you will be saved from God's wrath. You will avoid God's judgment and you will spend eternity in the glory of his presence. It's like our Heavenly Father is driving a massive people carrier and he has the child lock on. And we are his children and we can't get out of the car. No one can open the door and remove us from the car. God is going to make sure that we will reach our destination. And as we will find out in the rest of this passage, that is wonderful, wonderful news. Because where we are going is beyond anything we could imagine. Surely the, the only right response to this, uh, in, such, in response to such a wonderful salvation, is that we worship God. That we join with the praises of heaven and give all the glory and blessing and honour to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That we never forget how wonderful it is that we have been saved. Let me ask you tonight, have you lost the wonder of the cross? When you were first saved and you sat at the cross and you marvelled uh, that the king of the universe would die for you. Is that gratefulness, that love for Christ, that joy still there? Let's make that our prayer this week. Let's ask God to restore the joy of our salvation. Let's come to him with a sincere gratitude in our hearts for what he has done to save us. If you're not a Christian, can you say that you've been marked safe from the judgment that lies ahead? If it was possible to go online and see a list of those who were marked safe from God's judgment and those who are not marked as safe yet, which list would you be on? Are you prepared to face the day of God's wrath? The Lord knows who are his and those who aren't. The only way to avoid God's wrath is to have our sins washed away by the blood of the Lamb. And if you put your trust in Jesus Christ and ask him to cleanse you from your sin and to save you from the judgment that is to come, he's promised that he will because he loves you. He doesn't want you to perish. If you turn to him, 
He will give you a white robe and you will join this great multitude who have been marked safe. Don't leave it until it's too late. Okay, so God's servants are saved by the blood of the Lamb. The second great assurance we can observe observe is that God's servants are shepherded by the Lamb. God's servants are shepherded by the Lamb. In verse 15 to 17, we get a glimpse of what heaven is going to be like. We get to see what future lies ahead for all those who have been washed, all those who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. And the thing that makes um, heaven so truly wonderful is that the Lamb will be our shepherd. We will spend eternity in close proximity to Jesus. Now don't miss the imagery here. Being a lamb, this shepherd knows exactly what his sheep need. He knows exactly how to satisfy his sheep. And in these last few verses, there are three ways in which having such a great shepherd will bring us eternal joy and satisfaction. Firstly, we will have intimacy with God. We see this a couple of times in these verses, but look first to the start of verse 15. This multitude are before the throne of God, serving him day and night in his temple. This is priestly language. If you remember back to Revelation 5, the 24 elders and the four living creatures sang about this in their song to the Lamb. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God. Because Christ's blood was shed for us, we have all been made priests. We have all been given access to God. We can all draw near and have that intimate relationship with him. And it will be our delight and privilege to serve him and enjoy that intimate relationship for all eternity. We also see this intimacy coming through in verse 17, where it says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now, notice that it doesn't just say there will be no more tears. That would be amazing enough, but it says God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. How many times have you wiped away someone's tears? Even if someone breaks down in front of you, you might put your arm around them, you might hug them or maybe give them a tissue, but wiping away a tear, you would only do that with your spouse or one of your children. It's just such an intimate thing to do, but that is the extent of the intimacy that God has prepared for us. That is the level of intimacy we will enjoy with God himself. The second thing we will enjoy is God's protection. We will be eternally secure. Look to the end of verse 15. He who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Again, don't miss the contrast with what is happening in chapter six. Last week we saw the people of the earth running for shelter in caves and calling out to the rocks to fall on them, to hide them from the face of God and the wrath of the Lamb. But here, those who have been washed by the Lamb are being sheltered by God. He won't let any harm come to them. They don't have to desperately run from his wrath or call upon the rocks uh, to fall upon them and shelter them. Because instead of God's punishment, they get his protection. And there is no greater bodyguard in the universe than the one who upholds it by the word of his power. When we find shelter in his presence, there is nothing that could ever harm us in any way. None of the things that have caused us pain or harass us on earth will be allowed in heaven. We will be swept up into God's embrace out of the way of any trouble. And thirdly, we will enjoy God's provision. 
Look with me to verse 16 and 17. Never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the centre of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. Once again, notice the contrast with chapter 6. In chapter 6, we saw the horsemen bringing famine and death. Throughout human history, there has been lots of hunger and thirst. But none of that exists in heaven. God's people will be fully satisfied. Our shepherd will meet all our needs. He will lead us to springs of living water and we will be fully provided for. Brothers and sisters, what an amazing picture this is of what lies ahead for us. We will have permanent and incorruptible joy and satisfaction in the presence of God himself for all of eternity. Now, we're not to read this and think that as Christians, we have immunity from all the suffering and sorrow in the world. This doesn't just mean that we can expect our lives to be exactly like this now. Remember from verse 13 that these are the ones coming out of the Great Tribulation. This multitude have had a hard time on earth. Just like us, they've had to live in this broken and sinful world that is under God's judgment. And remember that this book is written to churches who are experiencing hardship and persecution. We should read these verses and take comfort and assurance that no matter what happens to us in this life, we are secure. This multitude is no less secure than we are right now. If you have trusted in Christ, this is what lies ahead for you. We have a wonderful shepherd in Jesus Christ and one day we will be with him. So let's allow this passage to give us a fresh appreciation of what we've been saved for. And don't lose sight of your shepherd while you wait for this day. Let me ask you, is it obvious to those around you that you're shepherded by the lamb? Are you taking time to cultivate that intimate relationship with God and allowing him space to speak to you through his words? Are you spending time in prayer, talking to God? Do you listen to his voice and follow him even when things come your way that bring you sadness and suffering? Because we are all being shepherded by something. If it's not our saviour who is shepherding us, then, then who is it? Let's make sure we stay close to him. Let's make sure that we're listening to his voice. If you're listening to this and you're not yet a Christian, we all need a shepherd. Deep down, we are all looking for intimacy. We're all looking for security and provision. We all want rest for our souls. And that's why we look to all sorts of things to meet those longings, don't we? But the only place we can truly find Satisfaction is in Jesus Christ. There is no greater shepherd than him. Why not ask him to be your shepherd today? This future that we've just described in amazing terms in this passage, this future can be yours too if you repent of your sin and put your trust in Christ. Just as we close this evening, I wonder what it is in this chapter that you needed to hear. Maybe you lack assurance that you will avoid God's judgment. Perhaps even out of fear you keep trying and trying to earn God's favour and be good enough. You keep having this impulse to try and strengthen God's saving work with your own contributions. 
But remember that God is the only one who does the sealing. God is the only one who can mark us as safe. Salvation belongs to him. He is the only one who can seal us and make us safe from judgment. So don't trust in yourself. Keep trusting in Christ alone and the fact that his blood was shed for you on the cross. Maybe so many things are going wrong in your life right now that you're starting to feel like God isn't looking out for you anymore. Remember that if you've put your trust in Christ, you are sealed. That God has marked you safe from the judgment that is to come. He hasn't promised that this world will be without trouble, but he has promised that nothing can snatch you out of his hand. There is an eternity of joy and satisfaction waiting for you. There is a day when God himself will wipe away your tears. Or maybe you need to remember that you've been washed white by the blood of the Lamb. Maybe there are sins and skeletons from your past that keep making you feel guilt and shame. Remember that if you've put your trust in what Christ did for you on the cross, that your robes have been washed white. There is nothing that God holds against you anymore. For the blood of Christ has covered all of your sin. Maybe you need reminded that you have a shepherd who wants to be close to you. He wants an intimate relationship with you. Why not take time this week just to spend time with him, to listen to his voice in scripture and thank him for his great gift of salvation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful truths in this passage that you have saved us. You have washed us white by the blood of the Lamb. And we thank you for that for what you've saved us from. That we don't face your punishment but we face your protection because of what Christ has done and Lord we also thank you for what we've been saved for for this wonderful future that lies ahead of us with intimacy with you under your protection and with your provision Lord we long for that day and Lord we ask that it would come soon so Lord as we continue to live in this broken world would you give us the strength and the grace we need to keep following you. Would you allow, allow this assurance just to sink deeper and deeper into our hearts? Uh, and Lord, we ask that your word would go forth. And if anyone heard this tonight who doesn't know you, that they would repent of their sin and trust in you. And we pray all this in your holy and precious name of your son. Amen. We're going to respond now by praising God. Let's sing How Great Is Our God. <laughs>